up here. Hello. <laughs> we are back. Yes. Uh, welcome back to our perspective. Here we have the one and only Smooth the Source. Hello. Hi. Um, you want to introduce yourself? Um, I am Smooth the Source. I am the most resourceful person anybody will ever meet. Um, you guys are about to get a very different side of me today. So whatever titles I was about to give you guys, it really doesn't matter because you guys are about to get Ariana. Um, okay. So yeah, so we're here. I'm Ariana. Hello. Everybody knows me as Smooth the Source. Um, just a little mushy baby in a grown woman's body. <laughs> um, yes, and I'm Maria as well as you all know. So today we're going to be talking about the emotional, the things that we don't want to usually talk about on a daily basis, and the things that we love to suppress. Um, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about living in a toxic environment at home or wherever you are. And how that affects us growing up in who we are today. So, um, thing that we pinpointed was basically the conditioning of suppressing our emotions. In what ways have you suppressed your emotions growing up and still to this day? Um, I can say while I was younger, there was just a few things that. I know were red flags to me. So like suppressing my emotions would be me going to school and like just really acting up, um, which was unfortunately quite normal for me. Um, as an adult, I can say suppressing my emotions were things just, just doing very like, what is the word that I want to use? It's not indecisive, but it's like, um, Damn, what's the word I'm trying to use? There wasn't much thought behind it. Like, there was no preparation behind it. Just Oh, very... impulsive? Yes, that's the word. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, very impulsive decision. So, whether that was just me spending a lot of money very quickly, very fast. Um, me just contacting certain people with no really care about how the results were going to be. Um, dyeing my hair, cutting my hair, getting a new piercing. Um... But yeah, girl, girl, just random things like that. Um, yeah. As for me as well, since young, I was well. Yeah, when I was younger, I was very quiet. I wasn't really outspoken like that till I got to college, to where I had like a little bit of freedom. Um, but I would also do the same things, and I felt like I couldn't confide in my mother at a young age, so I was right. And that was one of my outlets, whether it was poetry or short stories or whatever. I would either read or write. And then I didn't start attaining the impulsive behaviors until I moved out, literally. I shop all the time. I got three different persons in, like, two months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, like, just me trying to cope with my stress. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And we learned these same behaviors from my parents. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have to have somewhere to see it in the first place to be like, okay, well, this is what happens. This is fun. This literally, is what a hobby turns into. Literally, if they're so living and somewhat successful, then we can do the same thing. So, yes. Um, what else? Let me see. What are some generational curses that you have recognized in your family that you want to break? 
Um, most important one was ending teen pregnancy um, along my lifelines that I was the first one to accomplish in my family. So that is probably the most important one for me. Um, I'm now 22. Um, my mother had me at 16 years old. Um, and just, you know, going back down the timeline of my family, everybody had them very young. And that's just something that I was not interested in doing at all. Um, luckily, I was born in a generation where that is not common. So that was not a trend where it's like, oh, yeah, let's let's just get pregnant at 16 and have babies that we can't emotionally, um, you know, support. Uh-huh. Um, and then I guess a couple more is just like struggling and then settling with a man like that oh, is another gosh, thing that yes. I am so thankful that Generation Z is not fond of doing. Um, that is just something that that settling word is just something that we are not familiar with. That is not something that we support. That's not something we stand 10 toes behind. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, I mean, yes, I struggle on a daily basis just due to the fact that my parents were kids when they had me. Um, they were not prepared in any way, shape or form to bring a baby into this world, let alone support her. So even fast forward 22 years later, I'm still in the same predicament where it's like my parents don't know what to do if I'm having a bad day. They don't know how to have that conversation with me. Um, I can't run to them when I'm having a tough time. Um, you know, financial issues. That's, yeah. Those are the last people that I would even think about contacting to be like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be short on rent or, you know, I need groceries or whatever. That's not. No, that's just not what my parents are there for. So the relationship is very non-existent because you brought me here, bro. And if you can't <laughs> maintain me even at 22 years old, there's no point of having it here. There's no point of having this relationship. Um, but I'm I'm glad that even at a young age that I'm at, even before 22, I was able to kind of tell them and, and be able to voice my my feelings and be like, Hey, like, you're not, you're not supporting me. Like, I'm not, I'm not getting what I need to give out of this. And because of this, I'm going to go do my own thing. And that this was, to, this started at like 17 years old. I just, I learned the word no. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. I just never stopped using the word no. So the relationship kind of, you know, I got rocky because at the end of the day, no parents wants their kid telling them no, but, or sticking up for themselves. But, <laughs> okay. Okay, but at the end of the day, when you do find your voice, when something impacts you as a child or as a human in general, where it's just like, all right, I've had enough of this, mm. that's just what it is. And I'm going to stand 10 toes behind that. And I'm just glad that I learned early that I'm not settling for any relationship from anybody and I'm not about to settle for no man. And Period. When, I say, when I say a man, I don't mean just a romantic relationship. I don't mean just a sexual relationship. I mean, an emotional relationship because the one I have with my father is the first and really the only relationship with a man that matters. And if I'm able to sit here and recognize at a very early age, like, listen, this is not helping me emotionally. You're not helping me and mentally you're not helping me and physically you're not even here to help me. Then it's a dub and I got to cut this off because you are you are the blueprint for the rest of my relationship with whatever and however X and many money men come in my life. Right. Exactly. So I'm just, I'm just glad that I don't settle because 
can't be that's good that's really good um do you Thank feel you. like you ha- yes do you feel like you have found some type of closure or do you not seek closure with your relationship with your parents um with my mother with my my mother's relationship um i just honestly think that it is what it's going to be i me and my mother we have mutual agreement that we are both each other's trigger Mm -hmm. and when it does come to my mother um my mother is where i get my excuse me my emotional and my mental issues from it it stems from her side of the family and although her and i do not like each other like that's just as transparent as it is we just don't like each other when i have when i hit rock bottom flat on my face i am calling my mother like just just to have her have a conversation with me Mm -hmm. um and I think we both like we both understand where our standpoint in our relationship is we we may never get to the mother-daughter relationship where it's just the normal ideal society norm Mm -hmm. and we may never be friends I know we're never going to be friends because we don't like each other but at the end of the day me and my mother both understand that we connect with this emotional and mental shit and Mm -hmm. my mother is the only person that can relate to me and can calm me down on my worst, worst, worst of days. Um, I think her and I, we've we've had that adult conversation probably in the worst time, honestly, like in the rawest of moment, we've had this conversation where she was able to provide me with the closure I needed. And we, we were both just able to go on with our lives after that. We both mm-hmm. know what it is, but yeah. at least I was able to get that closure with her. Now with my father, um, my father's a little bit different. My father's not around for those tough conversations. Um, he doesn't know how to have a face-to-face, vulnerable, transparent conversation. And mm-hmm. um, I want to say, I want to use the phrase "take accountability." Yeah. Because about it, and I'm reflecting on it. My father has never been one to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always let my stepmother run the show, and that's really where the the disconnect comes in because that's she's been there my whole entire life so even I want to say maybe like a month or a month ago um I had I had typed him a very long message um pretty much just regarding how I felt and I expressed to him I was like listen you are the reason why I let men play with me like a toy when they're bored and when Mm -hmm. they're not bored you, you feel me when they're not bored they have me because you know I'm the toy they're playing with me but once they're done playing with once once they're done getting the enjoyment out of me it's just like all right I'm, I'm gonna put Ariana down for a quick second right and, and I'm gonna just let her stay there until I get bored again and when mm-hmm. I had this discussion with my father my father did not reply like he did not I am girl when I tell you I sent him a whole essay through mm-hmm. my iPhone and I sent it to him and I I got nothing back for like three days. And the reply to that was, hey, I hope you're doing well. And that's just all it is. So there is uh-huh. no girl, that's that's really just all it is. My father still texts me to this day. Hey, I hope you're doing well. Like there's just no there's no hey, we're going to sit down and we're have we're going to have this discussion regarding this topic. We're not going to sit here and have this discussion upon how you feel where I'm not going to take accountability for how you feel because I don't I don't know how to do that. Right. Um, so, I mean, hopefully later on, you know, later on in life, 
um, my father does get to that point or I get I grow to a point where I'm just here to radically accept who he is mm. because that's you know at the end of the day that's just people are people and we just we're just children of those people and that's who they are yeah so no I haven't gotten the the closure from my father but hopefully later on down the line fingers crossed we do get to that point yes yes I, it's crazy because I have like a similar experience to you my father has never I mean he was in my life I don't know, constantly, until I was, like, maybe 12 years old. But everything was always my mother's fault. Your mother, your mother, your mother. I don't want to hear that as a kid. I really don't. I really don't. And both sides of my family has problems with alcoholism. So Mm. I'm, ever since I turned, I don't think I really got drunk till 22, literally, this year. Because I was so hell-bent on not touching a bottle, like, at all. No, I don't want to be, I don't want to be anything correlated with them. No. But um, two years ago... I ended up sending him an essay too because I knew he was stalking my Facebook. Um, right. Also posted a, a recent picture at the time of me and said, "My oldest daughter, you are not in my life. Why are you still right?" Ooh, girl, <laughs> don't don't get me started on that Facebook super fucking parent shit. Yo, like what? I literally <laughs> reported the picture because what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, you're harassing me. So um, I sent him a long essay, basically saying that I am grown now. I am in college. Uh, this is someone who also didn't believe that I would go to college. Wow. Um, and I'm here because you're basically I made it without you. And I don't right. want no type of conversation. you telling me that you love me and all that shit because it's not true. Right. Um, but I've come to accept who you are and like the absence of you in my life. And that's just that. And yeah. and it, it was just like your mother, your mother kept you away from me. Okay, but you are a grown ass man, okay? And you have right. two other kids. And obviously you took the time to stop me. Yes, you could reach out to me. So yeah. as a as a kid, it really bothered me and it fucked my self-esteem and my relationship with my mother and like my relationship with men, boys, period. But yeah. my, thankfully my uncle was in my life to be the father father figure I needed. But at the I same time, this man had two other kids after me, and he's and not he was in for that. Well, yes and no. He did the same shit because everything is a pattern. <laughs> but um, I was there for the birth of my younger sister, and then I don't even know what's going on with her now. So wow. it's like we all are disconnected from each other, and he's the only one. Like he lives literally 15 minutes away. He lives oh. in Meriden, and I and he. Li- <laughs> I even saw um, that he viewed my Indeed profile. Oh, wow. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why? You put so much energy in keeping up with my life on social media, but you don't want... You don't so, uh, for me. me, exactly. So, for me, it's like, I don't feel like... I don't want to sound ignorant, but I don't feel like when he is on his last breath, I will not be there. Mm. Because, no. The yes. amount of hardship that I've gone through, just being with my mother and being... A, a child of a single parent is enough for me, and you know yeah, that. That's a lot. So, yeah, no. I as far that. as my mother, no. <laughs> I have a yeah. lot of resentment towards that woman, um, and I'm still going through it because I got kicked out of my home a month before graduation of college, mm. and I'll never forget that. Yeah. So yeah. it's just that's just what it is. I was. I had nowhere to go for a week, and she did not check on me. I was not in no communication with her. And when I finally got my apartment, it was like, oh, who helped you? You couldn't do that by yourself. So that's just the 
the root of our relationship now, I don't communicate with her unless need be for the sake of my grandmother. Yeah. But it's like yeah. it's hard navigating that, knowing that your mother and you have to put these type of boundaries for your own, the sake of your own mental health. Yup. It's crazy. the woman who birthed you. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. how can I even, like, cover, like, I don't want to cover all the issues, but it's like, why can I just have a normal relationship with my mother? Yeah. But facts. at the same time, what does normal look like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That's very, very, very true. Because at the end of the day, like, if we were to try to compare our relationship to just the, the sneak peeks of what we see with our friends and just, um, you know, those around us with with their relationship with their mother. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know if there's a lack of emotional support there, if there's actual physical support there. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that shit's just hard. That shit is hard. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish my whole life. And honestly, like my whole life, I will always, always, always hope that as adults, me and both of my parents can kind of just figure it out because Mm -hmm. I feel like me, no, I am right now at 22. Neither of my parents check for me. They don't look yep. for me. And and that is what that is. I have been getting kicked out of my parents' home since I was 12 years old. So it's not mm. it's not nothing new. I've been legit out on my ass. I've been homeless numerous amounts of times. And that's before I was 18 years old. And that's just due to the fact that neither of my parents emotionally knew how to support me. So it was like, oh, you're becoming a lot. So I think I need you to get out of my house because I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to take care of my own child. Nor am I going to ask you why you're acting like this or right. why we got to this standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I, I need you to get out of my house. And I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a minority thing. I don't know if it's a Hispanic thing. But it's just like parents who are not emotionally, um, what is the word? I guess emotionally stable is the word that I'm going to use because... Mm-hmm. That's just really what it is. They're not built for it. Right. It's just like, unfortunately, those things are normal. Like, I I hear those stories a little bit too often where it's just like, yeah, I was going through a hard time mentally as a child. My parents didn't know what to do with me. So they were just like, all right, you got to get out. You got to go figure it out somewhere else on the street. And if I got to give you, I got to have you come back in a month or so, that's fine. But you got to But that's go. what they expect. That's what they yeah. expect. They want you to come crawling back so you can yeah. literally, well, they want you to see that you need them. No, I don't need you actually. Yeah. Because yeah. the amount of shit that you put me through actually led me to be built for this shit, bro. Yeah, facts. <laughs> like, it's I will sad. literally be scrapping before I go back to my mother's house. Honestly, I, I can't. I right. And a lot of people say, like, as far when I first moved out, a lot of people said, it'll get better once you moved out. It'll get better. I mean, it's only been four months, but I honestly don't see it. I don't um, see it. Regarding what will get better, like, the relationship between you and your mother? Yes. Um. I don't know because I, girl, my mom's been giving me that boot since 11 and a half. So it's like, I don't, I can't, I can't say yes or no to that. Everybody, everybody's relationship is different though. Mm -hmm. I feel like once, you know, there's that legit physical space where you guys just aren't in each other's hair, it, it, it may, and you might just have to give it a few years, honestly, because she, she has to grow into her own person. Maybe she'll be like, okay, I realize where my faults were. I'm sorry I wasn't able to handle you at that, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. But I just had to do that for the better of me, which 
I don't want to say that that's an excuse, but, you know, everybody has their own thing. Hopefully, if that's something that you're willing to work on later on in life, hopefully that changes for you. Mm -hmm. Because every, I don't care what anybody says, every time I do. And that's just, it's needed. It's needed. I mean, it's the same thing with our fathers, but at the end of the day, we are women. Mm -hmm. And the person that we are supposed to idolize as a woman is our mother. That is the first woman that, we are supposed to love. That's the first person that we are supposed to go for when we need help for anything, no matter mm-hmm. how the fuck old we are, mm-hmm. is our mother. You made me, shorty. Like, you made me. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I'm supposed to be a resemblance of you. Luckily, I'm not. Luckily, I'm not. Of my mother, at least. Luckily, I'm not. But things just, things just have to take time, honestly. And she also has to want it. Yeah. That it has to be like a mutual thing. Yes. Literally, I agree. I agree. But I started um therapy once I moved out, and one of the things that literally stuck with me that Proud. this lady said, I love her. I love her. She said, "Why do we keep basically coming back to our family members and giving them chances and chances, but our friends were the first to cut them off?" Yeah, it's like we don't deal with that stuff with our friends because, like, who the fuck are you? But right. it's like the our family members we still deal with that shit, and no matter how much time or like physical distance we have, they're still gonna be the same. She said, just because yeah. you moved out doesn't mean she's gonna change. Right. I'm like, damn. Very <laughs> true. They have to want it. That's the same thing with like setting your boundaries. Like when you want to set that boundary and you have to set it with the person inside of your home that you're dealing with, it's just a tad bit more harder than setting that boundary with a friend or yeah. a coworker. Or, you know, like, it's just, that shit is hard. That shit is so hard. And even, like, girl, my therapist says that shit all the time. The other person has to want to change. The -hmm. other person has to want to change. She always tells me, like, you can control you. You can control your actions and your words. But once you set that boundary, you have to give the other person the opportunity to act upon that. If they Mm want to change, they'll change. If they love you enough. And if they care about you enough to want to tweak themselves just a little bit for you, they'll do that. But if they don't, you cannot be upset because you knew who they were before this. So once you set that boundary that's for you and strictly for you, and if they don't change, then you just got to take shit with a grain of salt if you want to continue to deal with that person, you know? Yeah, that's true. But it's like how how long you gotta deal with that to compromise your own mental insanity Facts. i was going nuts i was literally cool. going nuts <laughs> i would literally sleep to the time i had to go to work just so i don't have to do nothing or see or talk to her come home go to sleep yeah. <laughs> like, yes. it was crazy but i wanted to backpack on something you said earlier you said um basically our generation does not settle and um how our culture or you said something about like when you um, eliminated the generational curse with being a teen mother. Um, yeah. That's very prevalent in our culture. Yes. <laughs> um, my grandmother also since like eighteen. When are you gonna have a baby? When are you gonna have a baby? But I feel like it's just a cycle. It's literally just a cycle with. Hispanics and it's crazy because a lot of minorities in general say this too like uh, Hispanics have a lot of kids but um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I know somebody who had 
three, who was a Hispanic who had three kids and her her daughter had a kid at a young age and now mm. she has four or five kids. And it's like, oh, you wow. still like, I'm not saying they intentionally do this, but it's like inherited in us to continue the cycle of being on this in a system, on a state. And right. So it's like, how do we navigate coming out of that and finding the resources that we need to not do that or to not depend on a man? Because also in the Hispanic culture, women will put the man before the kids. Yeah, that's normal. That's normal AF. <laughs> but that but that also goes into... I feel like that also goes into, like, being just really dependent. Um, I feel like we we grow up to see our grandmothers just clean, cook, yeah, make sure her man's straight, take care of her grandkids, and that's just that's legit just her daily living. Like that's mm-hmm. just that's what she was put on this planet to do is to serve. And whether that be serve to her kids or her grandkids or to her man, that's just what her her responsibility in this life is. Um when we were born as Generation Z. I don't know if there was something that was put in the air because everybody was scared that 99 was going to be the last year the earth was going to rotate. Okay. But <laughs> we grew up to not do that. Also, I can say also, um, growing up with a single mother, it's just like, I I was not familiarized with watching my mother cater to a man all day, every day, every week. You know, right, like that's, right. that's not something normal. So I think that also helped shifted us as women to just one be independent and not really have to depend on anybody including our mothers um two it's like okay well I have to work because my mom worked and all she did was work it while taking care of us I learned that I have to work rather than sitting around waiting for a man to pay all my bills Mm -hmm. hooking all day waiting for this man to get home from work then I gotta do his laundry then I gotta do xyz one two three right it's just I think that helped set us up for success in a way just in our environment but I think for those women who were born into a home into a family where that's just normal where it's just like okay well he's at work so I'm gonna tackle all the errands throughout the day I'm gonna make sure this rice pot is on on low so I can go run these errands then I'm gonna come home I'm gonna do these I'm gonna finish the errands I'm gonna do the laundry I'm gonna finish his dinner we're going to eat early because such and such is at work. Like, no, for those women who seen that and are marinated to that type of lifestyle, I think, unfortunately, with them just seeing that and growing up around that all day, every day, that's what they, yeah, they kind of fall into that trap. I don't want to call it a trap, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. Because then down the road by 19, 20, 21, 22, you're already one, two kids in deep. We're depending mm-hmm. on WIC. We're depending on, you know, all these state assistance, which is never, it's not a bad thing because as a single person with no kids, I'm a part of the state affiliate, but mm-hmm. I, I know I can grow out of that being, mm-hmm. a, being by, on my own, you know? But mm-hmm. when these women have kids young, it's just like, well, this is what I was born to do. I watched my grandma do this her whole life. You know what I mean? I watched my mom do this her whole life. So it's just like, right. there's no, I see no wrong in it. And that's okay because some, also some people were put on this earth legit just to nurture others. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't be upset at seeing it. 
because I do personally know a couple of women who are in that predicament. Um, luckily, I don't know any younger women that are in that predicament, but I do know, um, you know, women that are just a tad bit older than me, where it's just like, hey, I got with this man. I'm going to give him however many kids he wants because he takes care of me and my home. So mm-hmm. I don't see no issue to it. I'm here to nurture my kids and my man. And if that works for us, it works for us. Yes. That's not something I'm that's not something I'm down for. That's scary. That's scary. I agree. I agree. Just some hearing that made me a little like <laughs> <laughs> shakes me in my boots a little bit. I'm like, like whoa. whoa. <laughs> That's a lot. Yes. Time. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, you. how do those people in those situations go about, like, the mother having the break and the and the dad, like, not being comfortable in his own masculinity to where it's not toxic? And right. Just, a whole bunch of factors. Mm, mm. Wow, that's a whole nother discussion. Getting that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. My my mom taught me to work at a young age. Too. My mom worked two jobs. Yeah. Sometimes she would bring me to work because who's gonna pay the bills when right. I get sick? Who's gonna be there? She sometimes you can't call out. I had to go with somebody else. So it's like I I started working at sixteen, even Same. though my mom told me to focus on school. You don't need to work. I wanted to get my own money. Nope, you're independent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're not gonna sit here and try to cut off my phone bill because you right <laughs> yup no that's not yeah, what you're gonna do so yeah, therefore have me working at 16 and, and paying my own phone bill and the wi-fi bill because that was not a game okay okay but who that i that whole see i feel like the single mother thing is very complex too because they have to have like their mother nurturing side. They also have to play the role of a father mm-hmm. and basically try to be their kid's friend at the same time. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I me and my mother got caught up into something to where it just did not work. Yeah. It did not work it's a lot. But yeah, because she she would be very strict at times and then she's like i'm your friend you can talk to me it's very confusing as a child so when you're disciplining your child and then telling them you can talk to me but then you're yelling so about what i'm talking to you about exactly exactly so and that that also plays into us suppressing those emotions um how did you navigate living in a household with um i don't like to say mental illness mental differences i guess you would say um Personally, um, I lived in two separate households damn near my whole life because my parents broke up when I wouldn't say five. So I was just living with plenty of personalities <laughs> growing <laughs> up. Um, I can definitely say um, navigating through that was very hard for me as a child, um, just due to the fact that one day I was here, the next day I was here, the day after that I was back to square one. So it was just like, I'm not going to say anything to anybody in this household because nobody, mm, what am I trying to say? Conversation was not normal in my home. Um, My mother, still to this day, if we were to go visit my mother's house right now with my little brother in his room and my mother in her room and nobody speaking for 24 hours, that's normal. Like that's what my household looks like. If we were to go to my father's home where, there's my father, my stepmother, and her two kids. There's no, there's zero conversation being had. And that's just, that's just normal. So I've grown up to just not say anything to anybody. 
and just go about my business, which is horrible, 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 horrible. Yeah. Um, and it, it happens in my own home and I live by myself, but there's like red flags that I've noticed. Like when I was younger um, and I had my own room, there would be times where I'd let my room get so messy where it's like only I would know how to step, where to step. So I didn't fall and break my neck. Yes. Like nobody, nobody else was allowed in my room to walk. Nobody wanted to come in my room because it was so messy. Uh-huh. And I know like now in my life, like if my, if my sink gets full of dishes, it's a, it's an issue. Something's bothering me and I really have to sit and I have to talk to myself like, Ariana, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. what's going on there's a clutter of clothes or like if my laundry pile gets a little bit too high I'm like okay Ariana why aren't we why aren't we doing the basic essentials you know what I mean what's mm-hmm. wrong so I think um I think it's still hard for me as an adult and especially being on my own because I still feel like I suppress my issues on my own time whether that be because I am physically alone and I have nobody to talk to or because I don't want to face whatever I'm dealing with. Um, I relate to that so much. Yo. You know what I mean? Like, there's just there's just certain things. Like, even with my friends, like, I don't have many friends. Like, I literally have three friends. And if I'm going through anything, nobody would really ever know. Like, that's just me. Yeah not a thing because one I don't want to burden these strangers with issues that Mm -hmm. what if they don't care you feel me everybody goes Mm -hmm. through their own thing so what am I about to drop this big ass load of serious ass Mm -hmm. emotional issues on this whole other person to then be like all right I'm gonna get off this phone now thank you for listening to me that's not fair to somebody else so then it's like all right I'm gonna suppress these issues a little bit more I can write but like I know you like to write and I know you like to read and you like to get into that area and that works for you, but that shit does not work for me. So it's like, yes, I will sit down and I will do it because I know I have to get whatever is bothering me off my chest, Mm. but it's not fully helping me. Mm. So I'm still, as an adult at 22 in my own home, I'm still trying to figure out how not to suppress my own issues. Because I I need that. I go to therapy once a week and I talk to her. But even with her, I know I'm I'm still not telling her everything all at the same time with what literally, yeah. That and that defeats the purpose of therapy. That legit defeats the purpose of therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know. I don't I don't know how to not suppress my issues. Um, this is actually a great topic that I'm going to have with my therapist on Monday morning because I want to know what, because therapy is not forever. So I want to know how can I start this journey where I'm not suppressing things because I will sit in my bed for days with no music, no TV, the curtains won't even be open. I will not text anybody. I will not call anybody for days. And then for a week straight, I'm bawling my eyes out mm-hmm. and that's very unhealthy. And the, and the root of that is just because I don't want to say anything to anybody about my issues or my hardships. So I have to figure out something because I actually just finished going through that phase from literally last Thursday until Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. 
I was legit crying my eyes out, like to the point where I don't, I didn't have any more tears. I had to call my therapist and be like, yo, I need an emergency session now. Like, can mm-hmm. you meet me for your lunch? <laughs> like, and mm-hmm. if I'm not asking for too much, you know what I mean? Cause at the end of the day, therapists are still people. So right. I had to call her and be like, Hey, like I'm, I'm mind you, I'm hyperventilating over this phone. She could barely understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, but I'm like, listen, like, I know your schedule is busy. If there's any way that we can meet for 15 minutes, like, Mm-hmm. I just need this time, but I need to learn that I need to learn and face the reality that therapy is not forever and that she is still a human who still needs her own time. And I need to figure it out on my own because there will be a time where my therapist will be six feet under and I can't, I can't just depend on her for everything. So I have to, I have to learn. That's true. I have, a, I have a couple things there. Yes. Therapy is not forever. And there's a time where, where we do get discharged uh, and we're continuing this journey on our own. But at the same time, we do have to realize that this is a journey and it's not going to always go up. It's going to go up, down, and it's going to stay stagnant and it's going to go down again and it's going to go up again. But um, I know that you want to move to New York sometime soon. Yes. And um, as far as you keeping in contact with your therapist, therapist during this time i know that like the licensing thing doesn't work out in different states so something to think about is to look if you want to continue therapy to look for a therapist out there too because even me i'm going to florida tomorrow and she's telling me that she can't talk to me while i'm going to florida like what what the hell is that what (laughs) yes because of the whole licensing she can't give me no type of session while i'm there that i can text her but like who no what's the text gonna do (laughs) exactly like um hello yeah that's crazy but um as far as like those behaviors i definitely recognize because i do the same thing when my house is a mess and when my car is a mess i know that something is wrong with me yeah usually like i will be okay and literally living in my house that's how it was i wouldn't wash the dishes I would prolong doing my laundry. I would not clean the bathroom. And that was my mom's, like, biggest thing that I would not pick up. But it's like, okay, instead of yelling at me or basically reprimanding me, ask me what's wrong. I'm sleeping so I like, 2 o'clock. I have to go to work at 3. Like, this is an issue. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I didn't recognize this till after I left her house. And it's like, right now, like, just this past week, I had the garbage full for, like, four days. My yeah. car was a mess. I went and got a detail because I was not cleaning it. <laughs> but, um, yes, it was just, no. And I had to, like, sit down and be like, okay, I need to write something. Because this is not, this is not it. But I do feel like the, the inner child in us is coming out during those times. Because when we were younger, I don't know about you, but and when I was young enough, I did not have a phone. I had to be in my room, not talk to nobody. And I would either write or read a book. Sometimes I couldn't turn on the TV. So it's like, that's who I feel like that's who I turn into when I'm in those state, when I'm in that state. So when you say that you have like, uh, like when you were younger, you had a pile of clothes or you had clutter around your room. Do you find comfort in that state? Um, I'm going to say yeah to that. I'm definitely going to say yes to that. From a, I, I see, because from a psych standpoint, I have, um, I have someone that I work with that also finds comfort, and I do when I'm in a state of depression, um, that we have to have things surrounding us so we feel, like, hugged, 
Yeah. Pretty much. Instead of having, because we don't have that emotionally. Right. And that's crazy to think about. <laughs> like, no, yeah, fuck? facts. I've never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. My, my, um, the person that I work with, she literally finds, and when we tell her, like, you know, pick this up, you need to clean, she will not do it. Yeah. No. It's like, I can understand it, too. Because yeah. I do it sometimes. Or I, <laughs> my laundry would be like two weeks. <laughs> No, I will not touch it. I will not touch it. (laughs) You don't even understand the amount of clothes that I have laying around. It's just, it's crazy. And that, that, um, that logic makes sense because when I get my most depressed, like when I, mm, I can honestly say like when I do get into my episodes like that, it's due to the fact that I feel alone. Mm -hmm. So, and that like, that is like my biggest thing or like I don't want to call it an issue but like that is my biggest like I'm gonna call it an issue that's my biggest issue is that like I'm physically alone and I don't have a companion I don't have a pet I don't have somebody that I can physically be like yo come hold me for a second or just give me give me a hug or like anything like that so yeah that that definitely makes sense I Mm -hmm. I like that a lot and that's like the most important thing physical affection that literally mm-hmm. makes a difference in our mental health like seriously because i like during that time where i did leave my mom's house i did not have that and i'm like what is wrong with me but when i started church with my friend and it's like this older lady gave me a hug and told me i know what you're going through you still have to fight these battles and stuff and just like that hug it felt like a mother hug yes i fucking bawled you know? i believe it <laughs> So is, um, I have a question for you. So was affection like really big in your homes? Yes. Okay. Yes. Every time I walked in the house, I had to say hi, hug, kiss. In Hispanic culture in general, I feel like it's big. But I mean, it was only me and my mom. So yeah. No, yeah. but that's good though because at least you know what that's like. Like in my in any of my homes, my grandmother's home, my mother's home, my father's home, affection was not normal. So like that's like something that's really hard it's hard for me to grasp it because i know like my number one love language is quality time and then my number two love language is physical touch but the thing for me is that like one i don't know how to provide it back and two like it's crazy like girl i i with the man that i'm dealing with like we can just sit in the car for hours, and I will, I will be blushy. I will have my little heart eyes. I'm like, I'm having the best time ever. And he's like, yes. no, we're just sitting in the car. And I'm like, you don't understand. I love it here. Right. But, like, when it comes to me being by myself, it's hard for me because it's like what I crave is the physical touch. And it's right. just like. I need to know why, like, where does that stem from? Because I've never, ever, ever in my life received physical touch growing up. So it's just like, how do, I don't know. I don't know. I could relate to that in some way because it's, I have like an on and off relationship with it because my mom was learning how to be affectionate as she had me. Okay. Um, and her, her family, her, the way she grew up at home was not affection. It was more physical abuse and emotional abuse. So yeah. she she is learning. That's that's something that I try to like. I'm learning how to forgive in a way because she coming from somewhere she would come come from. I feel like I would be the same way as an individual if I did if I con like continue the generational curses and the problems that we have in our family. But at the same time, it's like you have a daughter, 
mm-hmm. and at some point you have to show her how to love even I mean but she doesn't know how to love so it's like I feel like we yeah we were teaching each other at the same time and she started to confide in me as she got older which yeah is a problem and then it's not at the same time because you're confiding in your daughter I'm not a therapist right I could tell you you need to get help but then you get mad at me but yeah. I can I you need an outside perspective on on this um so and I feel like now with her father dying it's just it got worse but yeah um, I, I can relate to that. And when I receive affection, like intimate affection, I it's there's times where I cringe and then there's times where like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> like you said, I could be happy in the car. I will be happy without even getting a kiss. I will yeah. be like, oh my goodness. We're just sitting time, here. Right. Yeah. Like I enjoy your company. But at the same time, it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, facts. Like, what? Facts, so facts, I facts. can totally relate to that. But yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> it's like the little shit that affects us now. It's Majorly. Like, wow. That is crazy. Um, wait, there was something else. Hold on, hold on. Um where is okay. How did you navigate finding resources with no guidance? Um, that's still a pretty tough question for me. Um, my resources are definitely the internet, um, and my therapist as well. Um, when I was going through, um, the last time that I had to leave my mother's house, I had to stay with my aunt for like a month. And throughout that whole entire month, I was just working my ass off overtime, overtime, overtime. And I was calling 211 nonstop, legit every single day, being like, yo, I need to know what the update is. I need to know if there's any new resources available. And I would just be at square one every single day of my life. There was no progress with anything. So um, every time I met with my therapist, I told her, like, there's no updates. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do because... My aunt has her own life, you know what I mean? And I, I'm a grown woman, like, not for not, but, like, she has her kids to take care of. She has herself to take care of. And, like, this is not my home. And I'm lucky that she even has me here to just, you know, what, letting the time go by. But she told she tapped me in with one of her friends who was working at the Salvation Army in New Britain. And she was able to kind of help me, like, with the general, like, okay, well, this is what I can do for you, but you also have to play your part because this is your life. Um, it sucks because two on one is not help at all, like in any way, shape, or form. Two on one is just well, let me not say that it wasn't a helpful tool for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody that you know is going through hardship and contacts me and is like, hey, like what resources or like how did you go about this? Um, the only answer that I can provide is two on one. And even the feedback that I get back from them, they're like, you know, they were of no help for me. Um, it's, it's just hard. So I look on the internet and I um, contact people that I do know that kind of work in that industry. And I'm like, Hey, like, sorry to bother you not to tap into you like on a professional note, because that's, I know that's your job, but like, if you know of any resources going on, like, can you just let me know, tap me in or if you can plug me in with somebody that you know can help me, you know, get advanced in XYZ one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, 
luckily I just feel like we are also in a day and age where there are people in our generation who want to help others like going through hardship whether they've been through hardship themselves or that their passion is just to help other people I feel like luckily I know enough people to have that outreach rather than having to just depend on two on one because um I'm I'm currently going through hardship right now with my home and the number that I was discussing sorry the number that I was contacting for the woman that helped me to get my apartment now she no longer works for the Salvation Army and the mm. woman that has the phone number now she's like listen you have to call 211 they have to like assign you to me which to me is BS because the last time I was going through something like this my therapist just gave me this woman's number and she was able to help me so I think that's just BS. But um damn, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm so sorry. Um damn, I was saying something important too. I just feel like I just feel like I'm very grateful and I'm lucky to know that there are people in our circle in our age range mm. that can, that one can relate and two it could open their eyes and be like, "Damn, like these people our age really go through this, so let me help them." Um it's hard though. Like finding resources is very hard. I was just in a focus group this week on Wednesday and um sorry, on Tuesday and Wednesday. And it was a Connecticut based group and they were discussing um youth, which is, you know, eighteen through twenty four going through housing instability and homelessness and pretty much just how they can be better. Um, so whether that starts with two on one um, they want to do like a discord group, um, mm-hmm. things that they can, how, how can they connect to the youth? Because I feel like also, um, like founders and investors, they don't look or care for right. people that are going through emotional or, or, you know, home hardship. Mm-hmm. They don't know that it's a thing. It's not real to them because one, it's not advocated for enough Two, the youth is not coming you know, to light and being like, hey, this is what I'm going through right now. This is the resources that we need. Um, Where can I find these resources? Whether you want to display them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're not displayed enough. So I just feel like having those open discussions and making it known that these resources are like finding a needle in a haystack Mm -hmm. is, is very important and it needs to be openly discussed because Gen Z... Also, the thing is with Gen Z, like, everybody's, like, on Instagram trying to shit on everybody else. And it's, like, mm-hmm. bro, not everybody lives that life. I know damn why I'm not living that life. Everybody's flexing on the internet. Oh, now, when the mean? phone dies, when the phone dies or the Instagram account gets suspended, who are you? Yes. What, what is it? What, how did you get here? Are you really able to afford to buy XYZ one, two, three, four times? Or did we just buy it to look like the same person when I scroll to the picture underneath you? Are you, are you, did you return these pants after you posted this picture? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yes, all of these things are happening. And then it's like, in real life, whether you're struggling or not, at some point in life, somebody's going to need a resource for something and nobody's going to be able to find it or know how to navigate that. Right. Um, it needs to be a thing. And I tell my social work friends all the time when I do contact them or just in general, like, listen, like, I want to, me personally, I want to start a site or something where 
somebody tells me where these resources are at and I display them to the world because that's what yes yes it's needed it's literally needed these things are not found on the newspaper they're not found on the internet they're not displayed on the radio and whether that's because they don't want whether that's because the local government does not want their funds to actually be used or they don't want the statistics to look like this and that. Right, right. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, that's the sad reality of that. Mm -hmm. So I need, or I really want to, I am smooth the source. I want to be able to source those who are going through a financial hardship, home instability, X, Y, Z, one, two, three. I want them to be able to come to my one-stop shop and be like, yo, like, look at all these resources that are actually available for me and they're actually going to be used. Right. I agree. I literally was thinking about that like a couple weeks ago. That's why I started posting more about like mental health on my social media. But I've been thinking about making a, uh, um, what do you call it? A website for our perspective and having those resources there for mental health and stuff like that. And also like, advertising black owned businesses once a month on the social media accounts because a lot of people are not aware and it's like i'm a brand ambassador for local people right at the same time it's like that these things are not enough yes there's people also going through real life shit and who can't afford this shit so it's like what kind of other stuff can i look for and also moving out my mom's house my advisor and professors were a very great help, even with finding stuff in Connecticut, and they're all the way in Mass. There's a Facebook group called Mutual Aid um, Collective that is like a um, a page where people help each other out in Middletown, and they let people know where there's like food banks and stuff like that. Okay. It's like I didn't even know this existed. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, I'm my professor's like, I'm pretty sure there's stuff like that in your area. And she's over here finding stuff for me. I'm like, I live here. I've lived here. Right. All my life. And how do you find this shit? One, two, three. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. She even got me, Um, I forgot the name of it. I got to find it. But they were even giving out like $25 stop and shop gift cards. To people See, that's who good. Groceries. And it was right in Hartford. So it's like, there's a lot of stuff that there needs to be more, but there's stuff now that we can find too. Yeah. That we have to make the actual thing. Yes, literally. It's important for us as people in our age range to display these things as well. Because it's it's also, like I told the focus group the other day, it's very intimidating to have, to go to adults for everything. Because then, whether it's a stranger or not, it's like, bro, you're an adult you're here to help me, which means you're already, you know, kind of set in your ways or whatever the case, you're better off. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to people around us in our age struggling, it's like we're more comfortable with having this discussion amongst one another because, okay, you can relate to me. We're the same age. We might not be going through the exact same thing, but we both can mutually um, connect through this struggle that we're going through. Mm-hmm. And since we're both looking for resources, we can have a deeper conversation. We could connect on a deeper level. Exactly. Um, and I think it's like being transparent, especially with us running the internet. Like we are the generation of the internet. Like mm-hmm. if we were to use it 
to its right power rather than just posting like, oh my God, I just got these pants that were $600. Right. And I'm going to tag the brand. Like, rather than doing that where it's really not going to help anybody, let's help spread some actual hope. Because even if somebody doesn't want to contact you and being like, hey, I'm going through this, can you help? If we were able to just post the resources, it's more comfort comforting coming from one of us rather than a grown-ass adult who's like, oh, here's this resource because you're struggling. Right. Now let me go on to my next person that I have to help because they're struggling and they have no guidance, you know? And it's all about people, like, having the passion for this, too, because there's a lot of people in this field who don't, and it's sad as fuck. It's literally sad because I work in the field, and, (laughs) God, it's Everybody's there for a check. Yes, and it's like you're literally talking about somebody's mental. Even the yeah. hospitals, like Middlesex Hospital, is shit. Okay, yeah. it's literal shit. But it's it's all a part of the government. Like of it's course, just, everything is just systematic at this point. Yes. But um, yeah, I feel like that is very important. And we like somebody may know somebody who could help somebody. We all, I feel like networking is huge. It needs mm-hmm. to happen at all times. And I'm usually like. It could be a stranger. Even you. I put up on your story. I know somebody. I I can do this. I can do this. I feel like that, for me, fulfills me. Knowing I'm helping somebody. It doesn't do that for anybody. Like, a lot of people. But I feel like a lot of minorities may not even know that there is a such thing as on-call therapy. Or their their medical insurance can cover a majority of a session. I didn't even know my copay is only $15. I'm thinking that shit is about to be like two. 100, 150. Right. Whole time I could have been to this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I feel like, yeah. People need to know it's real. Exactly. There needs to be more awareness around stuff like this instead of the people catching on to the next trend. People, yeah. Ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Ghetto. Um. Okay, so the last couple of things that we had was basically finding your purpose was it yes finding yes. my purpose inside of the home yes um honestly with me i didn't really start flourishing until i want to say 2018 2018 was when i became smooth the source and at that time i was a year out of high school I wasn't really, I didn't really have anything to do in my home. I can say, though, in the home that I was in at the time, um, there wasn't any inspiration. There was no ambition. There wasn't no creativity being, you know, it. nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say, like, while finding myself and discovering my purpose and who I am, um, it was very challenging because, even during that time, I was still surrounded by my family and my family's like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you wasting your time with this stuff for? Like, I don't, the thing is with that is that they don't see the bigger picture. And I feel like as a person stepping into things, I feel like we dream. I call myself a daydreamer because I feel like I vision myself, my higher self a lot. Um, I can't, I can't imagine the things that actually do take place in my life, but I do see my higher self a lot and I speak to her a lot and she speaks to me a lot, but it's kind of hard to be like, 
bro, this is what I'm about to do. And this is the most brilliant thing I've ever done. And this is just step one, two or three to whatever the bigger picture is. Right. It's it's hard because we are Generation Z. We are the innovators. We are the people who literally break the fucking barriers. We mm-hmm. break society norms. So trying to explain these things to others, it's just, I feel like it's a waste of time, but it's needed. I still don't know how to explain these things to my elders. Um, I was actually having a hard time last week, which really is what triggered me into my like into my episode. Um, my grandfather is a 72-year-old old Puerto Rican man who <laughs> legit lives and dies by his nine to five. Um, if you do not work, you are lazy. And that's just what it is. And my grandfather has a tendency of calling me lazy every time I visit his home. Mm-hmm. And that word lazy triggers the fuckery out of me. Yes. And so last week, um, he was doing something with my brother's car. So he had me and my brother bring his girlfriend to work. And while we were on the way to bring her, mind you, this woman is a Dominican woman, straight off the boat, doesn't know a look of English, like... So there's already a language barrier because I'm not bilingual. My brother's not bilingual, but I understand what she's saying. So mm. she's talking to me and she's like, Nena, tu tan baga. And I, girl, mm. girl, <laughs> girl. And the whole time from point A of New Britain to point B of New Britain, she's just spitting out the mouth, pretty much just telling me like, you're lazy. You need to get a job. How are you surviving? How are you paying rent? Like, Say your mother needed $100 randomly and she needed to call you for $100. You don't even have the $100 to give her. And I'm like, what the What if I need to call my mother? First of all, who are you? First of all, who are you? Exactly. First of all, who are you? For you to use that example, everybody who knows me knows that I have not spoken to my mother in over a year. Me and my mother do not have a relationship. Me and my father do not have a relationship. So for you to use the example of if my mother needed a hundred dollars and she needed to call me stands speaks volumes for itself because that's not even reality. Mm -hmm. So for you to say these things and just for you to say that it pushed me into a really bad space. And it's like, at that point, I can't even defend myself because you don't understand English. So I can't even that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you wouldn't even understand the things that I do in the real life, like, at all. I can't even sit here and try to explain the things I do to you because you would be like, what the fuck is this little girl saying to me? Like, Mm -hmm. you do what? You do what? Like, what is that? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I, I got pushed into a really, really, really bad space. And I had to tell my grandfather, like, listen, one, you need to stop saying the word lazy and you need to stop calling everybody lazy because you don't know what goes on in everybody's daily life. You don't know what I do in a real life. Right. So for you to call me lazy, it's like it's like a slap in the face to me, but I can't even sit here and try to explain anything to you because you're a 72-year-old, old-ass Puerto Rican man who doesn't even know anything besides driving trucks. You wouldn't even understand what I what I do behind a computer screen or what I do in the real life. Like, right. He doesn't even know that smooth is a person. Ariana is his first granddaughter. He, I am the apple of his eye, but he doesn't even know what smooth is. So it's like, it's hard as hell because I still feel like 
I'm still in the process of finding my purpose. Mm -hmm. And I still feel like I'm, although I'm in my own home, I'm still, I still have a few family members that are around me where it's like, not, not that I need validation or like, I need to prove myself to somebody, but it's like, I want you to know what I do. I want you to understand that I'm the celebrity of the family. Cause at the end of the day, that's what I am. I'm the littlest one out of my whole family. And I haven't even really started my purpose. I haven't really started my path yet. So it's like. Mm, I, I agree. I, I agree. It, I, I, I keep saying that. I agree. But I want you to know, like, even acknowledging this, like, these things are a big step. Even putting yourself in therapy is a huge step and knowing yeah when you have these episodes and knowing how to come out of them because at the end of the day we pick ourselves back up over yeah. and over and over and over again but i can definitely relate to that i started this podcast maybe a year ago out of like uh, impulse thought like i want to start i don't even know what the fuck a podcast was yeah. i didn't do it but i literally found and started it and my mom literally did not even listen to an episode to maybe like even a few months ago i hear that and i'm like what okay <laughs> they don't get it they literally don't get it and i she knows that i write poetry she has read a few of them but it's like you don't try to con- if it's not about my education it's like we don't talk yeah so i i feel like me helping others is a part of my purpose and i was able to do some of that while i was in her household but not as much as i i am trying to now even whether or not i do have it or i don't i'm whether it's giving somebody a resource or giving someone money or letting someone use something of mine I'm helping somebody yes so and that's something that I have to tell myself I'm very hard on myself at times it's like I haven't uploaded a podcast I haven't done a poetry but at the same time I need to forgive myself of these things because I am human yeah so and I go through shit too so it's like yeah but my I do want to like incorporate my poetry and my podcast and psychology all in one one thing i don't know how i'm gonna do it but it's gonna happen so um it is going to happen yep (laughs) talk about it that's literally half of us like this generation is like we don't know but it's gonna happen and we're literally in the process of making shit happen which i love about us because there are people who are like your grandfather because my both my grandfathers were like this they're stuck in a cycle Mm-hmm. every day is the same they don't take a different route to work <laughs> right. they don't Literally. take a different route home every day is the same so it's like having that having someone that is related to you who who do, does these things make you realize i don't want to be like that there's so much to the world to see like i went to pr for the first time a couple months ago it's like damn this shit is really here and i've been living mm-hmm. in Connecticut this whole time right and this is not even 10% of the the world the like world, yeah so and you like, exposed yourself to that exactly yeah so there's a lot more to see even with if it's within our own city within our own state we just need to apply ourselves and that's a part of finding our purpose i love that for you Period. i'm so happy you were able to do that yeah but yeah, I, it's crazy because you no know, we met in person maybe a couple months ago i think but it's like, I feel like I've watched you grow. Don't make me cry right now. Please. 
No, I'm so serious. I literally oh feel God. like you are like one of my bestest friends, and I've yes. watched you grow in from a little baby to woman, literally. Because I know when you started school, and then it didn't work out for you, then you started this, and you wanted to be like a hub yeah. for someone to go to. Then you started branding yourself, and I'm like, okay. Aww. Then you started the shades. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Thank you. <laughs> So I feel like your background does not define you and you're not letting it define you. So keep going. Literally. I appreciate that. And being being transparent, being humble throughout the process is what's important. I agree to that wholeheartedly. Like whole fucking heartedly because some people, you know, some people be like, yo, like you overshare a lot on the internet. And I know I do. And I already know where that stems from. I know that that is not, it's not a good thing, but it works for me and it helps me. And that's all that matters to me. But I think just being transparent about just growing as a person Mm -hmm. is very important. Like it's just very, very, very important. And it's like, I, we, as a generation, like I said earlier, we are the generation of the internet. So if we utilize it correctly, we are I, we have to understand that Instagram is documenting our lives. Mm-hmm. Our story archives is a big ass documentary of our lives. So next year when I'm in a completely different spot, I'm going to look back at my archives when they pop up on this day in 2021 like, "Damn, smooth, you were really struggling. You were mm-hmm. really in the house emotionally struggling." mentally struggling, financially struggling, whatever it is, you were in a bad spot and look where you are 365 days later. Yes. I could go back two years and be like, damn, smooth. you were in a completely different spot. Look how far you've grown. You know what I mean? Like, Yes. A lot of people look at that negatively. negatively yes. People who understand, like, it's, I mean, it's, like I said, it's all about perspective. Yes. I know that, like, oversharing is a traumatic response. What's yeah perfectly okay but at the same time you're gonna eventually grow out of that and you're gonna find different ways to struggle and look back and be like damn i really did that you know what i'm saying so it's like people listen people nobody everybody sins okay (laughs) not hearing it yeah facts 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 it's comfortable but don't stay in that comfort just never that never never People need to shut the fuck up. We're gonna prevail, and yeah. it, it is what it is. Like I don't, I don't find shame in it because, unfortunately, like that's been my life legit since an iPod Touch was put in my hand. Once I was able to discover social media, once my dad put the iPod Touch in my hand, and was like, "Here, shut up, go do your own thing, like just mm-hmm. stay out of my hair." That lasted my whole entire life. Now it did backfire in his face because I overshare on the internet, but it's like somebody listens to me on the internet and somebody actually talks to me on the internet. So it's like, and you influence people on the internet. Yes. And a lot of people, a lot more people come to me and they're like, yo, like I respect the fact that you keep it a hundred, like no matter what you're going through, whether it's a good day, a bad day, an up or down, you keep it a hundred. And people are like, yo, like I, you help me get through my own shit because a lot of people don't talk about the shit that you talk about. The shit that you bring up on the internet and the shit that you display that you're going through, a lot of us go through, but nobody has, everybody has too much pride to talk about that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's like, 
I have no shame in my game. And sometimes that does bite me in the ass. But at the end of the day, I know I'm helping somebody. Right. So I can't I can't be upset about these things. And it helps me and it helps those other folks grow because then I'm able to share like, okay, this is how I got myself out of this gym. Or these are the resources that I found while discovering these things on the internet. You know what I mean? Like it helps. It helps. So I can't, I really can't be shameful of it. Yes. That's a fact. That's a fact. Even the people that don't tell you that you're impacting them. Exactly. So keep it up. Literally. (laughs) Thank you. Help you grow. This is awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. (laughs) Stay tuned for the next episode and hopefully we will do another again. Yes, please. I would love to. Yes. Thank you and have a good day. Bye, my love. Bye.